Welcome back to the SBS Sports Talk Show presented by the Sports Business Society at UVA. I'm Michael Rockless along with my new co-host, as promised, Nick O'Connor. We're going to have a quick Christmas or winter break special episode for you where we're going to talk about the results of the college football playoff semifinal as well as the big Wahoo victory last night. And then we're going to predict the final 11 games of the 2017 NFL season. But before we do that, Nick, let's have you introduce yourself to our new list, to our listeners. Hey, how's it going? I'm Nick O'Connor. I'm a third year economics major. I'm really excited to be back. I'm co-president along with Michael Rockless. Um, and I've been missing out on a lot of sports recently, but I'm, it's good to be back. Going to be watching some American sports. Um, watch that Wahoo win last night, and I'm uh, excited to be part of this podcast team. Yeah, we're uh, we're great to have you back. We'll get Will uh, in with us when we return to school in about a week and a half or so. Uh, we might come out with an episode next week. Um, stay tuned with that. Um, but yeah, it's nice to have you back. Nick was in Spain for the semester, so we'll get him all caught up on the important things in sports. But going back to what made the least recent thing uh, was on Monday night, New Year's Day, we had the two college football playoff semifinal games. We had the Rose Bowl, which was uh, Oklahoma against Georgia. And then we had the Sugar Bowl in New Orleans, which was Clemson against Alabama. Uh, Let's start with the game that everyone really talked about, really an instant classic, um, probably the best or second best game in the history of the college football playoff. This is its fourth year. Georgia, Oklahoma in the Rose Bowl. Nick, you were traveling that day, but do you have any impressions of that game? Yeah, I was actually able to watch a little bit of the highlights of just the finale. Um, And honestly, just everything leading up to the OT, double OT, and then the win, I thought was just... I mean, that, that's what makes the college football you know, playoffs really important and really special because it's just these two important games. Yeah. Um, and so I, 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 I just was able to catch the highlights of it. Um, I don't have you know my full impressions, but it was just a great game overall. Yeah, it was, it was a really good game. Uh, Baker Mayfield, incredible in the first half, um, which, you know, that he's all, you know, he was a lot of talk beforehand. He was kind of mysterious, missed some of the media stuff, but he comes out on fire. Lincoln Riley coaching a great game. Had that weird sequence at the end where Baker Mayfield had the receiving touchdown, but then they kind of blew the kickoff, and Georgia was able to get three points on the board, make it a 14-point game. And then from there, the second half, it was kind of a steamroll for Georgia, and Oklahoma came back, took the lead. But, I mean, sending that game into overtime, it was it was an instant classic. Um, you know. And then it kind of leads into the next game, Clemson-Alabama, which was not an instant classic. Really unfortunate for Clemson, which I had said, um, over a month ago or a month ago when these uh, standings first came out, that Alabama was indeed going to get in over Ohio State, is that Clemson was the biggest loser there. Uh, you know, to put Alabama as a four seed is really just, you know, not to say that they're not the best team in college football or at least the top four team in college football, but it really was a disservice to the number one team who had earned a number one ranking, which was Clemson. Um, obviously, they're just outmatched. They're playing, you know, closer to Alabama than they were to South Carolina, uh, which was unfortunate. And and they were just outmatched. Kelly Bryant, obviously, not Deshaun Watson. Um, the game was not close. Clemson was 10-6 to early in the second half, and then Alabama had that sequence where the defensive lineman had the interception and then had the receiving touchdown. So, you know, tough break for Clemson, but, you know, we got the All-SEC final. What were your thoughts on that one? Yeah, definitely a lot of controversy about Alabama getting into that last spot. But, I mean, just very unfortunate for Clemson to have to match up against Alabama. I mean, their defense just looks so dominant. I mean, they absolutely shut down Clemson's QB. 
I mean, he was there was about four picks that could have been picked off, but that just weren't, and that could have made the game even you know more lopsided. But um, I think Alabama has this in the bag. I can't really see them losing, but. Again, I think this brings up the question, you know, is the SEC back at that dominance, you know, uh, conference? I, I feel like there's a lot of controversy the last couple of years, but the, the answer is I feel, no. I feel the like they showed no. it. They showed no, it. They, they, had, they didn't show it. Yeah. No. I think these are the top two teams in the league right now, Georgia and Alabama. And I think they showed it in both those games. Yeah, but to say the SEC is back when they have two teams that are good is, is just kind of a, a misleading thing to say. Like, yeah, they have obviously the best team in Alabama. They're consistently going to be the best team. That doesn't make you the best conference. Obviously, like, Gonzaga can be the best team in college basketball, but their conference is terrible. So to say that because they have a good team or two makes them and their conference really good, I disagree with. Auburn lost their bowl game to a non-power team, UCF, who was really good, undefeated. Love that they're claiming the national championship. By the way, they got blackballed by the committee. Weren't even given a shot. It was a real shame. But no, I mean, to me, the Big Ten goes out, dominates bowl season. Of, of course, they didn't get a team in the playoff, but you had Ohio State beat USC. You had Wisconsin beat Miami. You had Penn State beat Washington. So all across the board there, you had some pretty good wins. Michigan State beat Washington State. Those are really good wins where the SEC has these two teams that have nice wins. LSU lost to Notre Dame. Yeah. So they had two teams that had really nice wins, and they're going to have a, another one of those two teams is going to have an even better win. But to me, to say that the SEC is back as this overwhelming, dominating conference (laughs) is just a misnomer. Because the main thing is, why do they have two teams in the championship? Because they were giving two two spots in the Final Four, which I would say they didn't deserve. But, you know, props to them. They both won their game. Who didn't you think deserved it? Georgia? No, Alabama didn't. Alabama didn't. They didn't win their conference. But I think people realize that they're the best team. Out, out of the remaining team. Is, it, so is it the best team? Are we awarding them because Nick Saban's their coach and they have five-star recruits? Or, we, or are they rewarding them because they were the best team during the 2017 season or best four team in the 2017 season? I think there was a talk about an earlier podcast, you know, about the selection committee and what they're valuing more. Is it really the best team or is it strength of schedule or is it something all-encompassing? In my opinion, and obviously it's been, you know, varied in past years. In my opinion, it should just be the best team. If you, if you have that controversy over last spot, it should be the best team. And Alabama was but, the best yeah, team. Well, to me, there shouldn't have been as much controversy. They So Auburn really, maybe people who love the SEC will disagree with me, but Auburn really got exposed. They ended up losing, I think, four games on the season. Mm-hmm. Lost to Georgia. They lost to uh, Clemson early on. They lost to LSU, I believe. And then they, they lost to, uh, to UCF. So to say, oh, Alabama's only loss was against this top whatever team top five top 10 team on the road rivalry game like that's fine but then UCF goes out and beats them on a neutral field so I think that really dinged Alabama's you know claim to the final four but you know at that point it was it didn't matter but uh, to me it's just like and their strategy right was to have that easier schedule in the beginning so they didn't have those tough you know that tough schedule like Ohio State had well they they played Florida State the first week when Florida State was ranked number three because Francois was healthy but but no, I mean, they schedule Mercer and they schedule... That, to me, it's just, you know, you're not going to even consider UCF, who went undefeated. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, in fairness, like, I'm not saying UCF should have been the fourth team in. They they barely beat, you know, USF and Memphis. But at the same time, you didn't even consider them. They weren't yeah. in the top 10 by the end of the regular season. They beat Auburn, who Alabama loses to. I mean, so the SECs, it's great they won two games, but they got two teams in the playoff, you know. And No, they definitely don't have the depth like they usually do. I mean, those teams that usually are up that. there, and they haven't had in the last couple of years. But the fact that they have probably the two best teams in the league, I mean, I just think it shows that 
they kind of they're regaining that dominance. Yeah. I think that, that you know that they that you previously had because right the yeah. past couple of years they've I feel like they've never really had the top two best teams. No, in, it's in a been while. Alabama and, and no, and that's why I've yeah. been against the SEC as this elite conference. I mean, now you get to the point where I we'll see what Georgia has. I mean, obviously the win over Oklahoma is a great win. Um, Oklahoma, you know, questionable in the second half there. Um, Georgia, they won some big games. Um, so so we'll see if if they can make it a game. Nick Saban, I know the the stat that everyone's talking about is eleven and zero against his former assistants. Um, I could see that continuing. I mean, Alabama's the four seed. I say that with quotation marks, um, but they're the best team. I mean, they proved it. I thought Clemson had a great season, had a great uh, team, um, and they just got dominated. So, yeah. you know, props to those guys. Um, you know, I'll be watching. Uh, frustrated, but watching nevertheless. All right, we're going to give one more thing. Yeah, I was about to say, I think going back to your point about, you know, kind of all those fringe playoff teams that definitely had, you know, the schedule or the record to, to get in. I just think the only way you saw this, make it eight teams. They're never going to do that. I just think that's the best way because I think it just – like four teams are just too little because there's still too much controversy. And there's always going to be controversy around that 7-8 seed. Yeah. But I just feel like there's always like a good six or seven teams that are, are dominant enough to be able to at least have a chance in the playoffs. Yeah, I, I don't think they're ever going to switch it or at least they have this contract signed with, um, I guess, ESPN. Um, of They're doing X number of years of the playoff. So they're kind of locked into the four-game, four-team playoff uh, for a while. So – I don't know if eight's a better solution. There's a lot of different reasons why it could or couldn't be. So, so I guess uh, that's something to keep your eye on. But at this point, four's the way to go, and uh, you know, I just got to live with with the committee and what and what they turn out. All right, now we're going to move on into uh, you know a sport that that UVA is good at um, <laughs> basketball. So the Hoos, um, as they enter ACC play, they did so on Saturday against Boston College. They won that game. By one point, fifty-nine to fifty-eight, with Ty Jerome scoring over half their points. He had thirty-one, and then last night on Wednesday, they played rival Virginia Tech on the road, and it was not a close game. UVA won seventy-eight to fifty-two. Absolute dominating performance. Got to be feeling good about the Hoos so far. Nick, what impressed you last night? Yeah, unfortunately, I haven't been able to watch too much Hoos basketball this season, but I, I caught the game last night and. I was about to say, they look dominant. They look dominant. I mean, everyone was shooting well. I mean, they shot the three ball extremely well. And I think the only thing they've lacked in, in these previous years, they've always had the defense. It's just those go-to scorers. And you see some guys stepping up with Ty Jerome and Kyle Guy. Devin um, and Devin Hall, right, coming up and, and making those big shots. And, and being able to give it to the ball and they can go one-on-one and score. I think that's the most important. Because when you get to the tournament, it comes down to talent on offense. And that's something they've lacked in previous years. But this year, they, they're looking really good. Yeah, really impressive win over a rival. Uh, Virginia Tech, you know, a lot of people have them, and I think fairly so, have them in the tournament. Um, They've lost some games early in the season. They lost pretty badly to Syracuse uh, over the weekend. They played Kentucky tight. They lost to, like, St. Louis earlier on. But, you know, not a bad team, and that has been a really tough place for UVA to play, Um, you know, dating back the last four or five years since I've been watching UVA. They haven't been able to put together a win like that at Virginia Tech. Um, and, you know, like Nick was saying, a lot of guys, you know, to be very happy with so far in the early season. Um, it looks like to me that they have four guys that can really be counted on in crunch time. Uh, those guys being Ty Jerome, Kyle Guy, Devin Hall, and Isaiah Wilkins. Um, and those you, four guys, you I think on the offensive end, Isaiah Wilkins can, can have some production. Yeah, I don't need him on the offensive end. I mean, yeah. he's, first of all, he holds his own. You know, he's not going to miss wide open shots. He's not going to 
you know, not give you anything. He'll give you offensive boards, but really on the defensive end, he, he makes up for, you know, any offensive deficiencies and more. Um, he's one of the best defenders in the country. So that doesn't bother me. And then I do think between the three guards, Hall, Guy, and Jerome, you do have some scoring there. Mm-hmm. Uh, the key for them moving forward as they, you know, they have a tough ACC schedule, of course, is finding that fifth guy that they can really rely on come crunch time against these good teams. Yeah. And what do you think Mamadi can eventually get into that role, or you think it's it's going to take a little too long this year? Yeah, I don't know about Mamadi as that as that fifth guy, and I think the problem that I have with UVA projecting them out, if you really want to talk about them as a real contender, is I don't see who could even be that fifth guy. I think everyone has everyone that's in their lineup has deficiencies, um, whether it be Mamadi just not quite as polished yet. Jack Salt is not going to give you much offensively. Nigel Johnson doesn't fit in the lineup as well as a small guard. The one guy that you would look at as really the the one, if he could step up his game, still only a a freshman redshirt, DeAndre Hunter. I think that guy, as an elite wing defender, he's shown that he can shoot the ball pretty well. Um, That guy could be someone who steps in um, into, you know, a two forward, three guard lineup and really, you know, be that fifth guy that they rely on come crunch time. You think they'd be too small, though, with him, Kyle Guy, and Ty Jerome? I mean, college basketball is small. I don't don't think any of these. The athleticism, maybe to match up against a Duke or one of these top teams that has five athletes that are all five star athletes. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, Duke has Bagley, who's, you know, 6'10 and athletic. So he'd be the biggest guy on the floor. That would obviously obviously be a matchup uh, issue. But you do have Isaiah Wilkins. You can probably match up with a Marvin Bagley. But I think if you just have your five best guys out there, um, I think you you make the other team match up with you. Mm-hmm. If, if you have those five guys that can really play good basketball together, um, ideally, if you want to be a contender, you know everyone's going to be playing to your strengths, not the other way around. So if that's the lineup that ends up working out, I could see that being their end-of-game lineup um, as we move forward. But, you know, good schedule coming up for the Who's play home against UNC, who's lost – uh, twice already this season, once in the ACC. Um, that's on Saturday. And then as we move forward, uh, just a schedule chock full of uh, top top games. He's Clemson, Duke on the schedule, Florida State, who beat UNC. So we'll, we'll be covering those games uh, closely uh, when they happen. All right, we're going to move into the last part of our show today. Uh, we're going to – so Mike and I, when we did this, we, of course, did our All-267 um, where we picked every single game. 256 games have been played in the NFL season. Uh, we're going to abandon the All-267 because mine's garbage. I didn't get many <laughs> playoff teams right, which was expected. Eight new playoff teams this year in the NFL. So what Nick and I are going to do is we're going to go through all 11 games, and we are going to pick them, uh, ending up at our Super Bowl champions. So... We're just going to start. All right, so the first game, Saturday at 4.30, we have the Tennessee Titans, who I must say, besides the other AFC wildcard team, this might be the worst playoff team <laughs> we've seen. It's, it's amazing how they were able to get in as bad as they were. For, I mean, terrible. Anyways, the Titans are playing um, at Kansas City against Andy Reid's Chiefs. Nick, we're just going to start with you and... Pick the game. Yeah, I think that's going to be a, a tough matchup for the Titans going into Kansas City, um, playing in the cold. I mean, I just think the the Chiefs, you know, have some experience now. I, in my in my opinion, I think Chiefs are going to get to that AFC divisional title game. In my opinion, I just think they have that team. Um, you know, they got the coach um, and they got the experience. I think they're hungry after last year. 
Um, I think they want to get back and, and, and prove who they are. I think they had some rough spots over the season, but I think as of late, they've been playing pretty well. Yeah, I have. I don't need to waste any time on this. The Chiefs, <laughs> the Chiefs will win uh, comfortably. That 4:30 game on Saturday has been a blowout. I think generally that that's not typically a good game. We will probably see that again on Saturday. All right, Saturday night. This is a big game. Um, I guess I'll go first. We got the Falcons at the Rams, the number six seed and the defending NFC champion at the Rams, who haven't been in the playoffs in what seems like forever. I think it's been over ten years. Um, second year in LA, great season for the Rams. I'm actually going to say the Atlanta Falcons are going to win this game. (laughs) The Falcons are a really interesting team. Um, they're kind of that team where they have all this talent. Obviously they were so close to beating the Patriots and winning the Super Bowl last year. And they're one of those teams where you're, you just like, I, you think they're going to put it together. You think they're going to put it together and they keep coming up short. I think for this game, I really don't know that I, if I can trust Jared Goff in this playoff game. Um, home field advantage doesn't seem to be that important to the Rams yet, still in L.A. Um, Falcons have experience. Um, I think you could get a Julio Jones-type game where he goes off here. Um, I, I'm going to take the experience, and I'm going to take the Falcons over a Rams team that, in my opinion, might be a little bit overvalued. I'm going to actually agree with you here. I think I think the Falcons are, you know, are going to come into L.A., um, not win handily, but I think it's going to be a close game. I just think it, when it comes down to playoffs, it comes down to experience. I think Goff in that in that team is a young team. I mean, they're definitely going to be good in, in, in future years. I just don't think this year is the year. Um, I think they need a little more experience and a little more a little more talent. And I think that's what the Falcons have. I and mean, they have it on all ends, running back, wide receiver, QB. And when their defense plays well, I mean, they're a really complete team. It's hard to beat them. Yeah, they just got to put together a full 60 minutes. Um, obviously, they had that game against the Saints um, in Week 16. Um, where they they had their opportunities for sure, and they just didn't execute. Uh, game was in New Orleans, but yeah. we need to see a Falcons team that can play for 60 minutes. Um, the Rams, I, I could see the Rams really running away with a game like this if the Falcons don't show up, but if the Falcons do show up, you don't like that matchup in warm weather. Matt Ryan might be more comfortable. Um, so we'll see with that one. So we're both going with the Falcons. All right, Nick, moving on to the Sunday early afternoon game, the Bills at the Jaguars. What a playoff matchup. Uh, really just two two teams that, that really are going to do well for, for the viewership here. Um, so who you got? <laughs> well, so I'm pretty unfamiliar with both these teams, but from what I watched a little bit this year, I'm going to have to say the Jags. Um, I think the Jags have, you know, I think they're just their defense has just been locked down, and I think that's what's going to carry them through this game. Um, and I think it's just going to – I don't think the Bills have enough to be able to overcome that that Jaguars defense. Yeah, it better be their defense because <laughs> uh, I don't think Blake Bortles is going to, to come through. It's a real bummer that, I mean, between the Chargers, Ravens, and then the Titans and Bills, the, the four teams vying for those two spots. It's a real shame to me that the Titans and Bills are the teams that got in, by far the worst two in my opinion – um, I, I mean, the Bills, maybe you can force Bortles into some mistakes. Maybe you can get an early lead. Um, LaShawn McCoy, injured with his ankle, may or may not play. Um, that's a pretty big deal. Like you said, the Jaguars' defense, um, I, I don't think they're going to have problems shutting the Bills down. And if they can get an early lead, rely on that running game, uh, whether it be Fournette or TJ Eldon, whoever they like to use in there, um, I think the Jaguars will be fine in this game. I think the Bills might be, like the Titans, one of the worst playoff teams in recent years. But, you know, congrats to them. They ended the drought kind of, you know, on that play with the Ravens and the Bengals. But, you know, they won nine games. So so we'll see um, if they can make some noise. I doubt it. Do you think that Blake Bortles can show up at all in this playoffs? 
Uh, to beat the Bills when he doesn't have to do anything, like that's probably the requirement, the bar that I'm setting for him. Mm-hmm. So the next week they would have to play um, in Pittsburgh as the three seed, uh, who they beat in Pittsburgh earlier this season, very early on, week three maybe. Um, and uh, I will say no, that he will not be able to show up at all. So we'll see. I, I don't think he needs to to beat the Bills, but we'll we'll see if, if they do win, um, if the Jags can pull off another win in Pittsburgh this year. All right, now we got the... Best or second best game of the weekend. Uh, Nick actually is a Saints fan. So um, we well, I'll start with this one. We have the Panthers at the Saints at 440. I will actually be in New Orleans for this game. I won't be at the game, but I'll be in the city uh, taking it all in. Um, and I think it's pretty clear to me the way that these two teams have matched up so far this year. I think the Saints are, are easily my pick to win this game. Now, the consideration you have to have is how many times can you beat, a, you know, how how can you beat a division rival three times? It's not easy to do. Um, but that being said, I, I just I don't see the Panthers showing up uh, in the dome for this game. I, I like the Saints. Yeah, no, I agree with you. I think the Panthers are actually a really really good team this year. I just think the way the Saints match up with them, I just think that you know they've showed it in the regular season, and I think they're going to prove it again in the playoffs that they just have you know the upper hand in this matchup. Um, even you know, even Drew Brees hasn't really been playing well this season in my mind. I think he can take it a step up in the playoffs this year. Obviously, that running back duo has been absolutely insane this year, and I think we'll continue to do so in the playoffs. And I think that's what they've been missing in previous years is to be able to rely on that run game, especially when you're up, especially when you need those crucial yards. I think that's going to be important. I think that's going to show in this playoffs. Uh, I'm really excited about the Saints this year. I, I, I think they're going to get the win this uh, versus the uh, Panthers. Yeah, I, I like the Saints, like I said. The one thing is Cam Newton's so streaky. If he shows up, I mean, he can be a really, really good quarterback. Uh, generally against teams that play good defense like the Saints, he doesn't seem to show up. So I'm not expecting him to, especially on the road. But you never really know what you're going to get. If the Panthers were able to beat the Falcons last week, this game would be in Carolina. Um but, you know, they blew their opportunity there, uh, so they got to go to the Dome, and I think that's going to be a little bit too much for them to overcome. All right, so now we're going to move on into the divisional round. We both picked the Falcons, which, and we actually picked the same games for all of these, so that'll make things easy. So we have the Falcons at the Eagles Saturday at 4.30. Um, who are you liking this one, Nick? I th- I'm, I'm pretty torn here. I'm going to say the Falcons, uh, to be honest. I think it's just going to come down um, to whether Nick Foles can show up in this game. I think that's going to be the um, the crucial factor. If he shows up, I think the Eagles have the defense and the other parts be able to win. But if he doesn't, I mean, it's a, it's a lot of pressure on his shoulders um, to do that. And I, I just don't I don't know if he can. Yeah, we'll, we'll see with, with St. Nick. Um, you know, when that game comes a week from Saturday. I, I like the Eagles to win this one. Um, you know, maybe a little shenanigans there. I manufactured it so that they wouldn't have to play the Saints in this round. Um, I do like the Falcons against the Rams. I, I don't like Matt Ryan. He's a, a Jersey kid, uh, grew up in the Philly area. Um, going in that cold weather in Philly uh, in the playoffs, it'll be a late Saturday afternoon game. The Eagles fans will be going crazy. I don't think in a game like this you're going to need to ask that much from Nick Foles. I think the defense and running game will be able to control it to a certain degree. I don't think the Eagles are a one-and-done playoff team. Um, I'm going to take the Birds to win one game. I think Nick Foles gets two weeks of reps. With the bye week, the defense is going to get all rested up. Um, I like their chances of winning at least one of these home playoff games, or at least the first home playoff game. I think this was going to be difficult for them. It's just stopping like m- those multiple MVP-type, play- not MVP-type players, but just 
impact players like Matt Ryan, like Julio Jones, like Devontae Freeman, and all these guys kind of coming together. I just feel like that's what the Eagles don't really have, especially without Carson Wentz this year. Well, yeah, Carson Wentz was better than all those guys this year. But obviously he's not playing, which is a real bummer. Because, you know, if he was playing, they would be not maybe not Super Bowl favorites, but they would be NFC favorites. I mean, they're playing at home for two games where they, you know, besides the Week 17 game that they didn't try for, they won every single game. They won nine games in a row dating back to last season. I mean, this is a team that has an immense home field advantage um, and a really talented roster, and you had the MVP at quarterback. You know, now you've kind of dropped down to Nick Foles, who's definitely better than he has been the last couple weeks. Mm -hmm. So if you could just get, you know, something out of Nick Foles and then let the other parts of your team and home field advantage take over, I like the Eagles to win that first game. All right, we're going to move on. The Patriots will be hosting the Chiefs um, on Saturday night, the way that we have it breaking down. Um, I think this could be an interesting game. Obviously, week one, the Chiefs went into New England, and they beat them. Um, It was kind of a weird game. A lot of points were scored. The Chiefs kind of took over in the fourth quarter there. Um, Andy Reid, not a lot of playoff success, not any playoff success against (laughs) Bill Belichick and the Patriots um, and Tom Brady. So I I think the Chiefs give the Patriots a run for their money. I think it's more about not letting the Patriots breeze through to the AFC Championship game like they have in recent years. Obviously, they played Brock Osweiler in the playoffs last year, the first game. Like, come on. They need to play a real team. The Chiefs are a real team. They have weapons. The Pats defense, I think, is still a little bit overrated um, after they had that horrendous start. That being said, I'm going to take the Patriots to win this home game. But I think the Chiefs give them a run for their money. And I think it's a, it's a closer game than most people are going to say it is. I agree. I agree with that. I think Bel- Bill Belichick and you know Tom Brady's dominance is going to you know continue on through this game. Um, I, I think I, I agree. I think it's going to be a, a real close game, maybe an OT game. Um, definitely just not a blowout. I just think the Chiefs are going to come in. They, they, they play them hard in previous years. Maybe they haven't had the success, but I think they play them hard, you know, usually most games that they play. Um, and I just think, I don't know, I, I think Andy Reid's a great coach. Um, I, I think Alex Smith, a great QB. I think they got talent on that team. Um, and I think come playoff time, I, I, I think they can show it. But, I think it'll be a close game. But who are you picking? Patriots. Okay. Yes. That makes sense. All right. So now we're going to go to a game that we alluded to a little bit earlier. We have the Jaguars at the Steelers. That'd be Sunday, uh, January 14th at 1 o'clock. Who you like here? Blake Bortles at Big Ben. Yeah, I think this is going to be a blowout. I think Steelers are just going to run all over uh, the Jaguars here, um, especially in Pittsburgh. Um, I just don't think it's going to be any match. I mean, Steelers have just been looking fantastic this season, um, and I just I don't see any problem with the Jags. Okay, yeah, I, uh, I I think I lean Steelers as well. Pretty easy to take them, you know, coming off the bye week at home. I, I would say I'm not quite as optimistic as you are. I think Big Ben is susceptible to those kind of down games. I mean, this is a really good defense we're talking about. But, you know, it is at home. They Big Ben traditionally or you know, plays better at home. Um, so I trust the Steelers to come through there. Antonio Brown should be healthy by then, which is a huge factor. Um, and then you get to these December games or January games where it's cold. Pittsburgh, it might be snowing. You have this team from Jacksonville, Florida, who doesn't know what cold weather is. <laughs> tough, tough for them to go up to Pittsburgh um, and beat an experienced team like that. So I'm going to agree with you and take the Steelers there. All right, moving on to game number eight. We have the divisional round, your New Orleans Saints at the Minnesota Vikings. Good news for the Saints. They don't have to travel into cold weather as this is a game in a dome uh, with the Vikings. The bad news for the Saints are the Vikings are probably the best team in the NFC at this point. Um, I'm going first here. 
I was leaning Saints initially, but I think this is just one of those games where I think Drew Brees might get overmatched in the playoffs. Seen it happen before on the road. I think his only road playoff win was against the Eagles in 2013. Mm -hmm. And that Eagles team was much, much worse than this Vikings team is. Uh, not that the Saints are probably better now than they were in 13. I'm going to take the Vikings to win this game. I, I like their home field advantage. I don't love Case Keenum, but I like the receivers. I love their defense, obviously. Um, and they do seem to have a good home field advantage. Killed the Saints first week of this season as well. They did. They did. I think that's when Saints were really trying to figure out who they were. I mean, those first couple of games, I don't think was a true representation of how they played the rest of the season. Um, they really didn't you know, get things going until about game four. Um, I mean, my problem with the Vikings is just, again, I think, like you said, Case Keenum. I mean, he ha doesn't have the experience. He isn't that veteran QB like Drew Brees, Drew Brees is. And I just don't think they have the other talent on the offensive end. Obviously, their defense is great. And playing at home is an, you know, is an important um, you know, factor in the playoffs. But I, just, I think this season is the same season. I think they have too much. They got the QB. They got the weapons. I just don't think they're going to be stopped. Yeah, I mean, that's perfectly reasonable. Um, you know, I, I tend to lean on some of these you know, these home field advantages um, that these teams have. And just watching the Saints play in the playoffs as they've been in relatively consistently since Drew Brees has been there. This mm -hmm. is the type of game, think back to like when they lost to the 49ers, um, when the first year the 49ers were, were good under Jim Harbaugh. They lost that really tight game. I think this is kind of could be that game for them. But think about when have they ever had a running back situation that's been this good and that they can well, no rely one, on this much. No one's ever had a running back situation this. But good. not even just 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 solely Mark Ingram. I mean, take out Alvin Kamara. No, no, I know. Even him has been you know there. Yeah. He's been able to be so reliant on. And yeah. I just think I think that's gonna be that's so crucial in the playoffs when you can rely. Yeah, on that. I mean those are great players, but the interesting thing is. You watch the Saints, the big games they've played this year. Obviously, I'm not going to wait the, the early games that they had against uh, the Vikings and the Patriots where they lost both games. They, Like you said, they're figuring things out. I go back more to that Rams game that they played in L.A. I think it was sometime in November. It was a big game. They really struggled. This is when, you know, they had Kamara figured out. They had Ingram, you know, all the way down the line. They really struggled in that game to figure out how we're going to score. Eventually, they had to go to a two-minute offense and Breeze, you know, drove them down the field. But mm -hmm. it's too late at that time. I think this is a team where, yes, they have the pieces to be an offensive juggernaut. But for whatever reason, they're not a team that just is going to put up a ton of points. The Eagles scored more than them. The Rams scored more than them this year. So I think... They have really great weapons, but I think it's a little bit overblown to say that this team is all these weapons and they're just going to score at will. I think what makes them so complete is not even just on the offensive end, it's on the defensive end as well. And like you said, against that Rams defense, I mean, they had a couple um, defensive injuries that game, they did. I want to say. Um, and when they've been complete and whole as a defense, I mean, they've looked am amazing. I mean, Lattimore, obviously Klein is injured. Um, but when they've been all together, I mean, Manta has been able to step yeah. up in his place. I mean, when they've been able to play all together... Um, I mean, they've looked really locked down. I mean, they just literally play man-to-man -man versus every team, blitz a lot, and teams, you know, seem to struggle with that. Yeah. One of the things that's interesting about the Saints, though, um, and a lot of people were chirping the Eagles for this up until they beat the Rams, the game Carson Wentz got injured, was what are the impressive wins the Eagles had? Well, I would just counter that. What are the impressive wins the Saints have had? Obviously, they won the two division games against yeah. Carolina. Be it, you know, great, great win. Like, I, the, that, the Eagles won that game too. They beat Carolina on the road. And then the Saints split with the Falcons. Outside of that, every other tough game they played, they didn't win. Lost to the Rams, yeah. lost to the Vikings, lost to the Patriots. 
you know, they lost to the Bucks at the end of the game they were kind of trying in. Yeah. I mean, you know, who are they playing? They played the Jets, the Bills. You know, they played a bunch of teams that – the Redskins at home. You know, they played a bunch of teams. They didn't have to play Aaron Rodgers. Uh, they played Brad Hundley his first game. I have not seen an impressive enough win from the Saints coming outside of their division um, that makes me feel confident in them when now having to go to Minnesota in hostile territory. I think it's the dominance of some of the wins they had this season, though. I think that was what was really impressive. They, I they agree. Were, I mean, agree in the beginning of the season, they unfortunately, they had to play very, two very tough teams with the Vikings and Patriots, and that's when they were figuring things out. But after that, I mean, they were really looking dominant. what dominance? I mean, the Rams and the Eagles were more dominant all season long, and their yeah. point differential is higher than the Saints all season no, long. No, I agree. So. I just think, but they they lack some of the pieces I think that's going to, you well, know, the move Eagles, them forward the in, in the playoffs. It. If they were healthy, the Eagles would not be lacking those pieces. That's, that's so. unfortunately how it works, though. So. Yeah, very unfortunate. <laughs> all right, it doesn't look like they have the league's turn uh, saying who's going to play when for Sunday, so we'll start with the AFC. Uh, Steelers, Patriots, we both have it. Nick, who you like? I just I'm I, I think the Patriots are going to get to the Super Bowl. Um, I, I think it's going to be a t- it's, a, it's a tough matchup, but I just I I, I trust Belichick and Brady. I think they're going to get back to the Super Bowl this year, um, and we'll see what happens there. Uh, no, I don't. I disagree. <laughs> um, I I think the Steelers. This is where you know it's very unfortunate that they lost that game um, back in the middle of December on that you know the catch rule and then uh, the pick when he Ben Roethlisberger could have spiked it. You know whatever. I think the Steelers coming off that game, I think maybe they got a little revenge factor in them. Um, I think, you know, last year, everyone forgets that Le'Veon Bell was injured that entire Patriots game, which really the only way they were going to win that was just let's hand off to Le'Veon Bell, keep the ball away from Tom Brady and the Patriots, um, and just, you know, and just control the ball, you know, and stay ahead slowly but surely the whole game. I think if Le'Veon Bell is able to be there, um, which he should be, you know, he's only got to make it through one game healthy, and then he's he's healthy for that game. Um, I think the Steelers can do it. I, I really yeah. do. Um, the Patriots obviously have had their number, but I think going with the odds, I, I just think that to take the field in the AFC and to take the Patri- or the Steelers in this game, I think um, – I just it's too much for the Patriots to keep going back to the Super Bowl. It's, just, it's too much. It's yeah. it, it's too unlikely. They definitely have not been as dominant as they have been in previous no, years. I, this this Patri- year they've been they've been shaky. This, this Patriots year. team is is overrated. I say it every year, but this this year <laughs> and last year I said it and I was right up until two minutes left in the third quarter of the Super Bowl. This year, I I, I think the Steelers can can uh, can beat them in New England. You know, both two of their losses. Mm-hmm. Um, early in the season, we're in New England against the Chiefs and against the Panthers. Um, so I think the Steelers can give them a game here, and uh, and I think they can win. So yeah. I, got, I got the Steelers in the Super Bowl. You think James Harrison is going to play any factor in this game if, if they end up playing against it, each other? Uh, I think the factor, he's, he, he, would hurt, he would help the Steelers. Yeah. He's going to turn coat it for Very him. interesting move. They end up playing yeah. against each other yeah. um, for the AFC Championship he's, he's gonna spot. Turn, he's going to turn coat it. That's, we'll that's see what happens. Well, I also think, I was going to say, just Tom Brady this season has very, you know, low key has had a very, very great season. I think MVP caliber season. I think he's at the one of the forefront of those conversations. Oh, he, he sure he is. I mean, great for him. Uh, led the NFL in passing yards this year. Uh, Hogan's been out. Edelman's obviously been out. Gronk is healthy, which is big for them in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. The thing about Tom Brady is, yeah, he should win MVP. Blah blah blah. But I'll tell you what, more. Interceptions, less touchdowns than Carson Wentz. Had a lot more yards. He played the extra three games. Carson Wentz should win the MVP this year. They won 11 games with him playing. Brady, great season as always. I think the bar set higher for him in terms of winning an MVP. That being said, all the injuries this year, he should win. 
But the interesting tidbit is 2007-2011, the only two years he's won the MVP, they lost the Super Bowl both times. Oh, wow. So, Patriots fans, maybe <laughs> you don't want Tom Brady to win the MVP. All right, we're going to move into the NFC Championship game. I have the two top seeds. I have the Vikings at the Eagles. Um, you have neither of those teams playing. So, I'm going to say... Uh, it's just tough. I hate to say the Vikings are going to get home field advantage in the Super Bowl because the game is in Minneapolis, of course. Um, I think I'm too much of a homer if I pick the Eagles here. I think Case Keenum will give you a little bit more than Nick Foles. I think that's the difference. I think in all other aspects of the game, the Vikings match up as good or better than the Eagles. Defense is there. Uh, the wide receivers are better. The running game is there for both teams. I, You know what? I'll take the Vikings to go to the Super Bowl. Um, and beat the Eagles in Philadelphia. Wow, that's a bold call. Right, I so like you, it. So you have the, the Falcons at Saints. Falcons at the Saints. Yep. Saints would be getting a second home game. Here. They would get. I think that second home game is going to be crucial, especially versus the Falcons. Um, having that home field advantage. I mean, I in, in previous years when they've had success in the playoffs, I mean, it's shown they need that home field advantage. Um, I, I, I think this is the Saints year. I think they're going to make it to the Super Bowl. I think they got all the pieces. I think it's just a matter if... Drew Brees can come up playing um, like he like he's played in in, in past years, and he, that's just not been the case this season. But I think come playoff time, I think it's gonna he's gonna turn around. Yeah, well, it's certainly gonna be the Saints' year if they get a home game against the Falcons to uh, to go to the the Super Bowl. So yeah, if they if that's what it gets down to, and you're right, then uh, I'd be liking the Saints in that game too. All right, we got game two sixty seven of the season, the Super Bowl. You have the Saints at the Patriots. Who comes home with Super Bowl? I guess fifty. Two. Again, I'm thinking that this is the Saints' year. I think they're going to go all the way. I think they're going to beat the Patriots. Um, I, I just I've been able to watch the, the Saints a lot this season, and I just think I think they have all the pieces to be able to win. And I just don't think that there's a, a team that dominant this year um, that just is 100 going to you know win like the Patriots have been in previous years, or like the Falcons or some you know some other teams like the Seahawks. And I just think this is their chance, and they're going to seize that. Okay, yeah, that's fair. I'd, I'd be happy with that result if it gets down to Saints-Patriots. So I got the Vikings um, against the Steelers on what is supposed to be a neutral field. Uh, the game would be in Minneapolis. Uh, I'm going to say, hmm, I'm going to say that does not really matter, and I'm going to take big Ben Roethlisberger and the Steelers to win the Super Bowl. Okay. I'm going to take it. Respectable. Yeah, I, you know what? Sometimes crazy <laughs> stuff happens. Um <laughs> Do I think they're the best team? Not necessarily, but really when you get to play the Jaguars at home and then you get to play, you only got to really win that game against the Patriots um, to get to the Super Bowl. And then once you're there um, and if you're playing, you know, the Vikings, you're playing the Eagles, whoever it may be um, that doesn't have that quarterback, I think eventually it'll catch up to you. Um, so I'm going to take the Steelers yeah. as my 2017 champions. I like that pick. I think definitely this year. I mean, it's like every year. The AFC, you know, usually has those top-heavy teams, but just yeah. doesn't have the other teams to make you know the first one or two games competitive. Yeah. Um, and I think I think that will show. I think the Steelers have not maybe have an easy first you know first win, but um, I, I think they definitely have that that road to the to the championship. Yeah. All right. Cool. So that'll wrap it up for us. Um, I might be back next week with, in Alabama with um, some people that have been on the show before, Spencer and Evan. Uh, we'll see about that. Can't guarantee. But after that, we're going to uh, move to our normal weekly podcast with me and Nick. We'll be doing it every week. Will will be back to join us. We might be switching it up a little bit in terms of how we approach what we talk about. We'll obviously be talking about the NFL as the playoffs move forward. Then we get into March Madness. Uh, but we may stick to more 
you know, kind of different topics that aren't as much recent news. So look out for that. Maybe a little bit more on the creative well, side. Uh, yeah, maybe NBA is. <laughs> I'm buying for it. Well, we'll talk about however they decide to do that that weird All Star Game thing this year, where they yeah. draft the teams. We'll probably talk about that. That will be funny. So bear with us as we, uh, you know, as we go through and figure out what's best moving forward. Um, as always, we would take some feedback, whatever you guys think. But uh, we're we're excited with uh, what we're going to do this upcoming semester, both with this podcast and with um, SBS. 